Palmer Alexander for the Inner Zone Network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294. 314-343-0294 and a thank you for your business. City to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to the In The Zone Network. We just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. (laughs) Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization wants their respect. Laker Nation wants their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network. Going city to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to In The Zone. Today, we are previewing... NBA season that is on the horizon here a couple days away. A um, lot of storylines to talk about, a lot of teams to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Arlington, people know what we start with, what we stand for, what we happy about. Yes. That's securing the bag, baby. Bags and more bags. Money all over the place. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And you know what? Just, you know, last time – you know, we did, you know, kind of the off-season recap, and we talked about a lot of young guys getting their money, which, of course, we're always happy about. Um, today, we got some stars that went and got the real, real big bag. <laughs> First person we are going to start with, um, the star of stars, as uh, one David Stern would, would say quite often. <laughs> rest uh, in peace, David yeah, re- Stern. Rest in man. peace, David Stern. Star mm. of stars. Um, last year's, or the two-time reigning MVP, Giannis, the Greek freak, signed this Supermax. Mm. Emphasis on the Super. $226 million. God. <laughs> And, and the the greatest thing of all, he is going to be spending his twenties as a multi millionaire in Wisconsin. It's Good luck with that. It's a shame. Good luck. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a shame. All right. Look, hey, but you know what? Shout out to Giannis because I think, as a fan of basketball, that is a great look for the NBA. Yes. When you can have a small market team or smaller market team like Milwaukee have a star in the way that Giannis is a star and he choose staying there versus going to a larger market or a team that has maybe a clearer path 
to a championship. <laughs> or, a ch- or a team that uh, whose city doesn't have any taxes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Miami, they look, they look out of luck on the Giannis sweepstakes. A lot of teams are. Um, you know, Miami's out. Toronto, whatever chances they thought they had, they out. Golden State is the, you know, real big loser, all that, because they thought they had their, you know, their next dynasty right there, you know, on the way. And sure enough, Giannis decided, I'm going to go ahead and stay in Milwaukee. So, shout out to him for his big bag, um, a bag that was just finalized today. Mr. Rudy Gobert, five years, $205 million. Now, that's a lot of money for a dude that can't score. <laughs> I'm just gonna look. I, come on now, y'all. Y'all know I don't. I don't pull no punches. I, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it here on the show. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money for a dude who can't score. That's all I got to say. It's, it's, it's really it. That's not a whole lot of in depth analysis to to that extension. Yeah. Shout out to Gobert for getting paid, but that's a lot of money to a dude who you don't, you know you can't really go to in crunch time. Um, no, you got, can't. Now they just locked themselves into this Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert combo. For quite a long time, next five years, um, I wonder if they are going to regret this in about like three years. That's going to depend on if Gobert doesn't stay healthy, and Gobert's going to do everything in his power to do so. Yeah. <laughs> as long as no coronavirus mess happened between them, oh you know, gosh, like before. Yeah. You know, I think everything is going to be all right for Mr. Gobert. So, uh, shout out to him. Starting, you know, with the foreign guys. Um, Paul George got an extension. Five-year max deal. believe his was also 206, maybe? We'll, we'll check that here in a second. But either way, $200 million is $200 million. Well, it's 206, 227, 218. You still get paid $40 million a year. $40 million a year to hit the side of the backboard. My man. My man. Hey. Look. Hey, you always want to stay in L.A., brother. Now, we'll we'll have some, some thoughts on Paul George a little later into the podcast once we start covering the Western Conference and more specifically the, the Clippers. But um, I think the Clippers looked at that situation and said, you know what, let's at least lock one of these guys in. Um and one of these guys, meaning between him and Kawhi, I think Kawhi's still going to end up staying. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, and uh, it would be best if they do so because right. unless you're trying to implode like immediately, but then it's like you just made a $200 million mistake. Yeah. And I don't think – I think Kawhi is going to start gelling with Paul George. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I also – I think too if you're the Clippers, you kind of have to sign – at least Paul George and, and Kawhi to extensions whenever you get a chance, just in the off chance that you have to trade a Paul George, you at least can tell a team, okay, hey, you got Paul George for a set number of years versus where they might have been this offseason talking about trading them and people like, hey, he only guaranteeing one more season. I'm not taking that chance. Right. Because um, you see what they had to give up to get them from OKC. I can only imagine what, it, you know, they would be trying to get back, you know, trading him away now. Right. So, um, shout out to Paul George for getting his extension. And then last two, we're going to lump together because, of course, they both reside on the roster of the defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis, five years, $190 million. LeBron James, two years, $85 million. Locking it in, baby. Locking it in. Just go ahead. Yeah. You know what? I, 
LeBron just, you know, lining this thing right on up to see if high school players can go, you know, straight to the league again, like, you know, what he's hoping can potentially happen with Bronny. Um, if not, he'll be graduating high school, going to spend a year in college somewhere. Maybe LeBron decides to retire, enjoy his son playing basketball, help him get into the league afterwards. I don't know. But it at least tells me that LeBron has an eye on either ending his career in a Lakers uniform or at least ending his whatever – how long his prime is going to continue to extend <laughs> with the Lakers? Because that's um, you know at this point he's he's been he's going to be thirty six here in a few days, ten days as we recording. So uh, so the fact that he is he's a, he just won the Finals MVP, correct? At thirty five, he just won the Finals MVP. So last person to do that is Michael. You're in rare air. <laughs> you are in rare air, my friend. Yeah. So like if you win it next, if you win it this next season, uh, you will surpass yeah, what Mike did. You at least for that standpoint. conversation, like I said. It, but regardless of you know LeBron's stance historically or even currently, it, what he's doing at this age, it, I don't think has been seen or will be seen again. It won't be seen again. Like when they mention bigger, faster, stronger. This is an athlete unlike any other. Like, I want to know, I really want to know one day when it's all said and done, what was the tra- uh, the training regimen yeah. that he had to, to maintain it for so long? You know, that's – your body starts breaking down once you get to 30. Right. But you're at 35, about to be 36, and you're playing like you're still 21. Yeah. Yeah, like, and he's gotten to that point now where you can, you can kind of start to see that he don't, he don't like have the same burst that he used to. Um, I, I think Roger Bell was the one who mentioned this um, in a podcast that he does for the Ringer, but um, mentioned that he can kind of tell that LeBron can't quite get around the corner like he used to, like as far as getting his hips around the man in front of him. Uh, but he's so damn smart that most of the time it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> he's going to either still get to the rim some way, shape, or form, or he's going to get the foul. And even then, he's probably still going to get to the rim and make the shot. And you know, there is some things that he has learned from Kobe and Michael. Yeah. That even with Kobe's game, Kobe was smart. Yeah. Kobe knew what the weaknesses were with the defender, and he knew that you can't stop me. Yeah. And even when he was, you saw him breaking down. You know, he still had it in his mindset. You can't stop me. Right. I can only stop me. And I think LeBron is one of those guys, you know, kind of like a a Mike and Kobe where a lot of what they want to do on the floor is based on the spots that they're in on the floor. Yep, Um, And you can can really tell, like you could with Mike towards the tail end of his career, Kobe towards the tail end of his career, I need to just get to my spot and I'm good. Right. I remember the – the the last three championships, the dynasty of that. Yeah. You Michael wasn't known as Air Jordan. He was known as Floor Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Because he knew where his spots were on the floor. Yep. And he knew where he can get off, you know, shots and make it look effortless. Right. You know, and so that was the thing about Mike is that he learned that he can't get up in the air like he used to, or even when he did it wasn't as flashy as it was early on in his career. Right. He knew he can dunk the ball still, but at the same time, he was being smart on the floor and knowing that I could take this 18-footer, I could take this fadeaway, and it's not a st- and they won't stop it. Yeah. And, you know, 
LeBron is also kind of getting to that point where he, you know, operating a little bit more out the post. He, you know, trying to get, you know, more of the matchups. Where he's he, going to have to if yeah. he wants to extend his career. And, you know, it it helps when you have a guy like Anthony Davis to be able to take the load off of you. <laughs> so, but um, the, and that's what's going – the sad part is that's what's going to be his M.O. for the rest of his career, that he needed somebody for him to, to carry him. Yeah, and – we can and we can obviously spend all podcasts yeah, talking about LeBron, but um, one thing that I think is interesting, specifically on that note, you know, we think a lot about LeBron needing, you know, the other stars or you know sidekicks, right? But if you look back at a lot of his situations, those guys needed him more than ever. More than ever. Because the biggest argument that I hear all the time is he carried a a, a, a team of ragtags to the title in 2007, which is true. Like, yeah. Ilgowskis, even though he was decent, he wasn't a guy that LeBron could really depend on. Yeah, especially against the Spurs team that had Duncan – Parker, Ginobili, all in their prime. A team. <laughs> not, <laughs> it was a not, team. Not to mention, I just named those three, and they were throwing Bruce Bowen as the primary defender on LeBron. On LeBron. Like, it, and that's a guy that you can comfortably like leave by himself? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it was over with. Um, but like you think about a team like that, he had Ilgowskis, Booby Gibson, I think, David, Mo Williams. I think David Wesley was still on that team. <laughs> Mo Williams was on uh, that squad. Danielle Marshall. Come on. <laughs> Come on, we don't we don't need to hear anything else about LeBron needing other people. I, I think it's a little bit of the reverse, but at the same time, yeah. Um, I I also think you know today's era has required more of that star team up than it did in the past. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I agree with it. Um, now into preview of the upcoming season. We're two days out from. Season starting, which is, is crazy to think about. Um, we've seen some preseason action, which there are some surprises for me, which I, I'll get to uh, from you know what I've watched in the preseason so far, and some of um, you know the games that have been played, at least from some of these players and some of the guys that are going to be mainstays and rotations, things like that. But um, I'm going to start in the East, and you know I went back and did my homework for for the folks out there listening. You know I did a season preview last year. I, it wasn't that I didn't like how it went about. It. I think you know I could have I could have shaved a little meat off the bone. You know we could have we could have gave you the prime rib instead of you know the, everybody uh, instead of the pulled pork. Everybody. Yeah. You know we we could have just shaved off a little bit. You know save the teams that y'all not really gonna watch and or care about. Um, so a lot of a lot of what we're going to talk about today are teams that we feel are going to at least be in the playoff hunt. So playoffs. <laughs> talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> you know, kind of long, long ways away, but we got to, you know, think ahead a little bit, baby. Think ahead. <laughs> or at least the teams that we feel in our minds are going to make a dynamic run at getting back into the playoffs. Right. But honestly, if we're really looking at it, we already know who's going to be there. Well, so, yeah, and that's why, like I said, I'll start with the East because I think the East is – I won't say a more interesting conversation than the West, but I think in terms of the top, there are more teams that you can see coming out of the East and actually making the finals than you could in the Western Conference. Um, I think both conferences actually are going to be dogfights in terms of the teams that actually make it in. And obviously, you know, for the folks listening at home, 
Um, we are working with a 72-game season this year rather than 82 games. Um, they are expanding the play-in idea from that was introduced in the bubble um, to now include teams 7 through 10 in each conference. Um, so, you know, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for a lot of teams as you get later into the season, especially in a year like this where you're probably going to have some injuries pile up with, you know, just how they have to sprint through the season. Uh, and you're probably going to see some COVID cases pop up based on what we've seen um, in other leagues. So, starting in the Eastern Conference, um, if I had to name the teams that I thought are like locks for the playoffs, and, and locks meaning they're not in any way, shape, or form going to have to worry about like a play-in scenario, I think it's six. Okay. I don't have these teams in order. All right. But I think it's the Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Heat, Raptors, and 76ers. It's funny that you mentioned the Nets. And on paper, a lot of people are putting the Nets high. Really yes. high. And because all it took is really one name. <laughs> well, two. Yeah. But the one name that everybody is focused on. Is Kevin Durant. Is Kevin Durant. And he looks like. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Yeah, he looks like the real MVP. <laughs> and um, this is first year in the East. This first real year in the East. Right. So, man, I wish they would. I wish they would do the East West All Star Game again. Like See, I kind of miss that. Yeah. Instead of the picking of teams, I don't like it. Of course, we're not gonna get an actual All Star Game this year no. anyway. But next year, when it does come back, I think we should, we should go back to the we East West. Go back to Eastern Conference. Dude, it's it's all about. It's all about supremacy. It's about who you think is the better conference. Right. Because then you start getting a landscape of what you think the season is going to turn out right after the All-Star game. Right. And I think about it, the years that – and it, it may not seem much to people, but when you looked at the All-Star game when Mike was night from 96 to 98 – they want the East won each time. But that means you already knew what was about to go down when it came to the playoffs. <laughs> right. So that is what kind of got me was that uh, during those time period, it was all about uh, respect, you know. And right now the Nets just seem like they got it, dude. And so out of, those, out of those six teams, I think the Nets are the most interesting. Yeah. Um, if there was a team where I said you can talk me out of them being in that top six, it's probably the Raptors. Ooh. Um, and, and so if if you don't remember from, you know, podcasts from last season, I was really high on the Raptors last year. Yep, even after the title run. So after the title run, even after them losing Kawhi, I still felt like what they needed to replace in Kawhi could easily – easily be done with the roster that they had because they weren't relying on one person to replace everything that Kawhi did. They had a, a group of guys. Yep. A team. Yeah, they had a real team. So in thinking about that this year, while I think that is still going to be an advantage for them, mm -hmm. they lost Ibaka. They yep. lost Gasol. Yep. They basically replaced those two with Aaron Baines. Okay, cool. I, I mean... It, there's a, it's fine, but mm -mm. it's not. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Aaron Baines don't bring scoring. He brings rebounding and uh, perimeter uh, – not perimeter defense, but he brings, you know, at the blocks. Yeah. But he don't, he don't provide no – you got to score. 
and Ibaka so, and Mark did. And then you also have Chris Boucher that they they ended up you know keeping on the roster. Which, Who? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's shown some flashes for them in the games that I've seen. Um, I just I think this year, especially with a team like the Nets, and also with a lot of other Eastern Conference teams making improvements. I think this is going to be the year that them not having one true go-to star is going to start to hurt them. Mm. Because I don't think we're going to see another leap from Siakam. I think he's going to kind of stay at what we saw him be in the bubble. I got you. And not not saying that he's going to be terrible all season because there were points in the bubble where he was terrible. Yeah, the playoffs, he he fell off. But I think – they like I see the Raptors rather than being in the conversation for like the second or third seat, probably being at that borderline of like five, six, trying to avoid being the seventh seed in that playoff uh, play in situation. Wow! So yeah, I can see that because I mean you got you gave Van Fleet his extension, you got Kyle Lowry, but what are you really? I mean your, your two best players are like under six foot two. That's exactly, not, that's not really a recipe for winning in in the league. Um if Siakam can can take a leap up and prove me wrong, okay, cool. They might be second or third best team in the East, but I don't I don't see that, and I also don't see with the way the rest of the league is constructed that guys like OG Ananobi and some of these other guys that they have coming off the bench, Norman Powell. Like, yes, that's going to help you win some regular season games, but I also think now with a better East and. and both for in the play or in the regular season and the playoffs, I think that's going to be a detriment. It's amazing that Kevin Durant literally turned, changed the Eastern Conference. Changed everything. Changed the whole <laughs> whole way we had to think about this because <laughs> I personally, if KD is going to play the way we've seen him play in the preseason, the Nets are finishing at worst third in the East. At worst. At worst. The only two teams that I think – have the have a shot at potentially being ahead of them are Milwaukee and Miami. Here's the problem with Milwaukee. Okay, you got rid of your problems, but you didn't really add to your pro. Uh, you know, add to make it better. Right. And so, you know, you're going to depend on Giannis. But here's the thing, man. I know we sit here and we dog him out a lot, but. He was well deserving of the MVP. Yeah, last season. Let's, let, let's not let's not Come get on, that man. twisted. Like we we talk about the failure in the playoffs, which happens uh, I, with a lot. Yeah, it, it happens with a lot of guys. Like especially at where Giannis is in his career, this is like year like eight for him. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, he's I think he's like twenty five or twenty six, maybe twenty seven. When does Zach Levine come in? Ooh. Putting me on the spot here, Zach Levine. I fourteen, want, wasn't it? So he's been about it's about his sixth year. Thirteen drafts. Oh, he was thirteen. I think Giannis and because Giannis and Levine on the same. Because they was both. They I both came a, in at the same. I, thought. I think that's the twenty thirteen draft. Because the twenty thirteen draft was the weird one where Anthony Bennett went first, I believe. <laughs> Anthony Bennett. Goes, that's true. Anthony Bennett goes first, and Giannis goes fifteen. <laughs> Way that's, to go, NBA scouts. Yes. So it, you know yeah, it was a weird, right. it was a weird, yeah it was a weird draft. Um, so the Bucks, I think they will still be one of the two best teams in the East at least in the regular season, just off of the strength of what we've seen them do the past couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, they are at least on paper a better team than they were last year. Um, they're a little more top heavy than they were last year. I don't think that's a bad thing for them, especially if they're trying to win a championship. 
Um, but you gave up a lot to get Drew Holiday, which I've said on numerous occasions. I would have liked them a little bit better if the Bogdanovich trade didn't get, you know, blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll see. I think it really is going to come down to them and Brooklyn and to a lesser extent Miami. I don't – I think what we have to realize about Miami, and I, I, I'll say this on wax, and this is – please – this is not just because the Lakers beat them in the finals. I need everybody to hear that. I think we have to temper our expectations for Miami, at least in the regular season. Yeah, I would agree with that because you you got to make sure, you got to make sure that this ain't a fluke year. So, and part of the reason why I say that is we have we have a very vivid memory of the way they showed up in the bubble. And everybody kind of thinking of them as a sleeper team. Oh, they, you know, they match up really well with Milwaukee. You know, they might knock them out. If you go back to all the conversations we were having about the bubble, the playoffs, Jimmy Butler came out in the media and said, we going all the way. And people thought he was a joke. But then fast forward to the finals, everybody thought Jimmy Butler was one of the greatest players of all time because of how he put his team on his back and all the effort that he was putting into the game. And, you know, he's giving it everything he has to keep his team in these games against LeBron and AD and, you know, the glamour franchise and the Lakers. Okay, cool. I get all that. We have to remember they were the fifth seed in the East last year. Mm -hmm. And that's with bubble games included, like seeding Mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. Do I think they're going to be as low as fifth this year? Probably not. I think, which, you know, you got that playoff run for Bam and Hero is going to mean a lot more come this regular season. Um, they brought back Drogic. They still got Duncan Robinson. I think losing Jay Crowder will hurt a little bit. Just a little bit. That might be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> but but they also they lost Crowder. They lost Derrick Jones. I guess they brought back Myers Leonard. Um, you still have Andre Iguodala. But, like, I don't. I think you kind of need that depth, especially in a season like what we're about to see. Yeah. I think you're going to need that depth. Um, and I think, you know, just having vets that have been through them playoff moments matters when it comes to crunch time in, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's very true. But it, it's all going to depend on the health of Bam out of Bayou and going Drogic. Because remember, yeah. they was just literally a couple of games away from winning a championship. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they would have made a big difference. But, but having made healthy the for series, the whole series is totally different. It's totally that. different. Yeah. And it, it, might, it may could change the landscape. A game or two could go Miami's way and it went L.A. So you get what I'm saying? Now, now I will say, I guess the counterpoint to that and then also kind of what I'm saying about the expectations of this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. When Drogic was on the floor, they were terrible, or not terrible on defense. They were getting killed at stretches on defense. Right. But I think that's only going to really happen against, like, your legitimate title contenders. Right. When it comes to night in and night out of the Eastern Conference and them having to play some of the bottom feeders that they're going to have to play, it's not going to matter that much. Mm-hmm. But I think if you if you line those three teams up, at least for the regular season, I think Milwaukee and Brooklyn are at least a shade better than Miami. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's those three at the top and then there's a slight slight drop off down to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um I think the Celtics go as far as Jason Tatum decides to go up this year. Yeah. If Jason Tatum looks like superstar Jason Tatum, then we might have to have a little bit different conversation about where they're going in. 
But if this looks like basically the same team as last year, just minus Gordon Hayward, that might be a problem for them. No Hay, no Hayward. I mean, they don't really lose much, in my opinion, by losing Cantor because you can now give more minutes to Robert Williams, Grant Williams. Um, but I, I think they still are going to need another piece. Um, you got Tristan Thompson too, so you know that helps with your your big rotation. Um, but I, I think they, to me, are just a slight step behind Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Miami. Gotcha. Uh, we talked about the Raptors, 76ers. I think, I think the 76ers are going to be good. Part of where they end depends on if they decide to make the James Harden trade. Uh, which, of course, we'll, we'll cover him a little bit when we get to Houston in the West. But I personally don't think they need to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. Okay. I, that's just that's my stance. I'm not going to respond. Um, partly because Ben Simmons, I think, is 26. James Harden is 31. I, I mean, just do the math on that. You got Ben Simmons under contract for the next five years. You would have James Harden. For two, they're gonna, and he's going to be looking for a max deal at 33, and we don't know how his game is going to age. Elton Brand is going to be looking at I need to win now type of attitude, hopefully. Well, and so. Hopefully, they, looking at that. They, they I, look, I, again, I, I doing my homework. Yes. I, I yeah. went back and listened to my season preview last year, <laughs> and I, I, again, I owned up to it during, during the season last year. Mm-hmm. I own up to it now. I picked Philly last year to make the finals. Before the season started, yeah, you did. I'm not going that far this year, <laughs> but <laughs> not going that far this year. But I will say, <laughs> I will say that I think, that as much as we joke about Doc Rivers and his, you know, playoff, you know, blunders, things like that, yeah. he is still one of the greatest coaches to coach in the league. He is going to get something out of. Ben and Joel, they actually have shooting around them now, uh, at least you would think. Their bench is questionable. I get that. But I think they will still be in that top half-ish of the East. I don't see them having to be a play-in team. Okay. Now, as far as potential play-in teams, I got Indiana and Washington kind of in that 7-8 seed mix. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wizards, I think they just get they get a, a bump up from getting Westbrook instead of John Wall, because at least with Westbrook, you know what you're getting every night. He gonna go balls to the wall. He gonna put up his numbers. He's going to empower Bradley Beal. He's also playing with the coach that got the most out of him and Scott Brooks. So yeah. I think the Wizards will, will they'll be fine. They won't be a true contender in the East, but they also won't be a lottery team like they were the past couple seasons. Right. Um, Pacers, I'm just. I got to see it before I believe in it. That's that's really what it come down to. They didn't really do a whole lot to get better this offseason. Um, I think they still have to trade Miles Turner at some point. I just got I got questions. I that's, that's really what that comes down to. You put a gun to my head on who the other two play-in teams would be in the East. Only one that I feel comfortable throwing in that mix right now is Atlanta. You could tell me any other team in the East outside of Cleveland, Detroit, and the Knicks could be in the 10th spot, and I'll believe you. (laughs) 
So you got mm. Atlanta, you got Chicago, you got the Hornets. That might be it. They're the only teams I think like realistically have a shot at like that nine ten playing thing. Like the Magic, I think they're gonna end up blowing that thing up at some point, or at least they should. Because what what are you getting out of Aaron Gordon and Vucevic being your best players? You gonna be the A seed every year? Right? Yo, okay. I know, I know. I talk about them a lot. And I, I, I rag on them so much, but and I know it's just the preseason. But the Bulls have a lot of promise, and I think that Billy Donovan is going to get them a whole lot better than where they once were. Now the difference is they're doing it with a seventy-two game season compared to an eighty-two game right. session, and so he's going to have to figure out how to get them already gelled. You know, by the time the season begins, right? Because I don't even think they got they got like one national game, period, and that's why I'm like, damn. Yeah, they not they not messing with the Bulls. <laughs> now, now what I, I'll say about the Bulls, I think, I think Billy Donovan is going to have them more dangerous than what people probably realize at the moment. I like the hire when it was made. Yes, while I wish they could have explored more black head coaching candidates, I can say that about every team in the league that doesn't have a black head coach. Um. I think Billy Donovan is a good hire for them, especially with where their roster is right now. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of Patrick Williams. I'll, I'll stop calling him the six man. <laughs> I, I can I can say I can say I can stop calling him the six man. Um, I like what I've seen out of him. You know, Kobe White looks like he you know has played well so far this preseason. Uh, I just want to see what they can do start the season with everybody healthy. What that looks like under Billy Donovan's watch, as opposed to the coaches that they've had here previously because you you get a real professional coach in there, they might be dangerous. Dangerous meaning somewhere in that 7 to 10 range. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's promising for the Bulls given where they've been at. Um, I think, yeah, I I think it's going to come down to them, the Hawks and the Hornets. I'm leaning right now towards Hawks – Hornets only because I think with the Hornets, if Hayward stays healthy, if LaMelo is at least Lonzo level of play as a rookie, you you got something to feel good about there. They got some other pieces that you can, you know, you can feel good about. Vontae Graham, um, Terry Rozier, he's all right. Um, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, I love what they get out of both of those guys. You know, some variation of that. Hawks Hornets would probably be where I lean right now, but I don't think the Bulls are out of the question in terms of being able to make the play. So, um, I really don't know if the Nets can make the finals, but that would probably be my pick right now. It's early. It's early. It's early, man. It's early. It's early. (laughs) But I, again, if KD is going to be this KD, I think he's the best player in the East, and that's with Giannis being in the East. Oh, no question. No question. I, 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 will, I promise you I will stand wholeheartedly on that statement all season long until I am proven wrong. And he will challenge him for that MVP. I So, funny that you mention that because there are odds out to be betted on. Kevin Durant is plus 1,000 to win – MVP this year. And so for those of y'all who are not 
uh, gamblers in, in the way that I have been in my life. Um, what that means is plus a thousand odds, you bet a hundred dollars, you win a thousand plus your original hundred dollars back. So, I think those are really good odds given one how we've seen Kevin Durant play so far, and two, if if you look at all MVPs outside of the Russell Westbrook MVP from a few years ago in OKC, it typically goes to like one of the top three, you know, the best player on one of the top three or four teams in the league. So if you're looking at it, if we think the Nets are going to be as good as, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie can make them, if they're going to be a top two team in the East and Kevin Durant is the best player hands down on that team and looks like one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, he's got a real good chance at winning MVP. And I think plus a thousand is selling him a little bit short on the odds. So now what we're going to do, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, and, and basically we split, split this into two parts. So we'll conclude this one on the Eastern Conference. Um, and, and of course we talked through some of the different storylines and, and possibilities on the East. We're going to shift gears and go over into part two for the Western Conference. So definitely stay tuned. This is not the end. While it is the end of, of one segment, we're going to go ahead and pick this thing back up for the Western Conference in the season preview in the NBA. So this is the Price Check Podcast, the only NBA podcast here in the city of St. Louis on the in the zone network going city to city, state to state, worldwide. I'm Alexander for the Inner Zone Network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294. 314-343-0294 and a thank you for your business.